Bible is opened. Of all the books in the Bible, it's Psalm 84. How lovely, O Lord, is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. It's a lovely scripture. It's a fantastic scripture. Anyway, are we good? Are we on? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, one week left to go to Christmas, eh? One week to go. Incredible. Where's the year gone? And um, this morning, I want to share with you kind of a Christmas theme. Oh, you might have guessed I would do that. Last week, if you weren't here, Femi did an amazing job. Um, if you didn't hear him, even if you did, I'd highly encourage you, go and listen to We've uploaded it. It's on Spotify. What are we doing there? We're on Spotify, and... Um, you can get on the church app there and go and listen to that message again. It was, it was such a fantastic message. The week before that, we had Sandy speaking about um, joy, joy to the world. And today I want to focus a little bit more on peace, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, very familiar scripture. A lot of the scriptures today are very familiar and, and, and so I encourage you to, to lean in and to, to get something fresh from them today. You know, God's Word is alive, and He can speak to you a new message from the same Scripture many times over. Somebody's playing jingle bells for us. Praise God. There's a nice little backing track. Thank you, Margaret. God bless you. <laughs> so, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 declares to us, this is Isaiah the prophet now, and, and he prophesies this to us, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, and he says to us, he says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Incredible scripture. I mean, we know it and we can glimpse over it so easily. For unto us a child is born. The Savior of the world, God, would be born as a helpless and defenseless child. But as that Son that has been given, the Son of God that's given to us, the government, the rule, is going to be upon His shoulders. He's going to carry that upon His shoulders. And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Do you know what? If you need, if you need to know what decisions you should make in life, if, you need, if you're faced with any kind of question in your life, he is the wonderful counselor. He is there to help you. He's given you his spirit to help you, the counselor. He is the wonderful counselor. The mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. You know what? He said, I and the Father are one. This is the mystery of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father in me. The Father and I are one. You can't divide God. God is one. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In spite of his great authority and power and wisdom, he is still the Prince of Peace. God's plan for man is and always was peace. You know, we can go back 
we can go through scripture after scripture to back that up. We can, we can look at Proverbs. It says that by wisdom the Lord founded the earth. And it tells us that, the same Proverbs tells us that, and all of her, talking about wisdom's ways, are peace. God established the world through wisdom, and all the ways of wisdom are peace. He tells us in, 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 um, in, in Numbers 6, he, he, he told Aaron that, that that blessing that he was to command upon the children of Israel, you know the one, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you peace. The Lord give you peace. God's plan for you always was peace. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God sent his son, Jesus, to establish his kingdom on earth, to give us peace and to give us a hope and a future. Familiar scripture, John 14, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, in my father's house are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you. And he establishes this, he introduces rather this, this new concept or understanding of heaven as the Father's house. We have a forever home and it's heaven, it's not here. We are pilgrims, we are passing through this life. Heaven is our true home and it is the Father's house and we have a place in the Father's house. Because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to us to establish his kingdom on earth, to make a place for us in the Father's house, to reconcile us back to God to redeem us. We have this place in the Father's house. For some of us, you know, some had great relationships with their fathers growing up, and that's wonderful, and for others, not so much. For many, the first time you heard becoming that Jesus was bringing you to the Father's house, it was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> the one thing you didn't want, you didn't want to go back into the Father's house because we spent most of our teenage years rebelling and running away from our own fathers. If he was home, you would go out. If you saw him in one room, you'd duck into another, you'd avoid him. And so Jesus says, but I'm bringing you to the Father's house. Because the truth of it is, the Father, I'm so glad we sang that song this morning, he's a good, good father. Because he, the truth is, he really is a good, good father. The th everything in this life that hurts you, that brings you pain, doesn't exist in the Father's house. It doesn't exist there. He is a good, good father. You know, you can, you can bump into the father in his house and you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be fearful. You can look into his eyes. You can be cornered in a room and there he is and you can't get out of this room now. Here he is. But you can look in his face and you can look in his eyes and you will not see any disapproval. You will not see any rejection. No, no sense of disdain or disapproval. You'll only find a purity of love and affection for you, warmth for you. There's no comparison to any of us. I mean, at one stage, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give, give, good, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father? There is no comparison, even with good fathers, to our heavenly Father. He is good and he is good to his children beyond anything we can comprehend. You can walk into his presence knowing that you are accepted. You are accepted by the Father. He accepts you as you are. Foibles and all, as we are. 
He doesn't expect perfection out of us. He just doesn't. He gives us grace to help us to grow. It doesn't mean that he winks at our sin. God will never accept sin in our lives. All the ways of God are mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. I encourage you, do a study in the Bible. Go from the New King James Version and just look up the, that, that phrase, mercy and truth. And you'll find over and over, I guarantee you'll find it a dozen times at least, talking of God, saying all of his ways are mercy and truth. Because God will never wink at sin. He will never tell you a half-truth. He will always tell you that truth. But with it is mercy. You know, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Even the writer of Hebrews says, come boldly, come confidently to the throne of grace that you can receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why do you need mercy? Because you should have got judgment because you mucked up. Now, there's always going to be consequences when we muck up. There is. But nevertheless, God is there to, to give us mercy and to give us grace to help, to try and to keep going forward. Grace is not cheap. Grace is not something that we take advantage of so that we can continue on living our way. But grace is what God gives us so that we can get back and get our lives moving back in the right direction with him again. And Jesus says we are to call him Father. He says it's the Father's house. And that indicates to us that his position in the house, he is the father. It means, it means he has the authority. It's the father's house. It's his rules. It's his way or no way. It's the only way. And that is why he won't tolerate sin. But it's because he insists on his ways that when we get into his presence, the things that hurt us in this, in this life don't exist there because he won't accept that nonsense from me or from you or from anybody else. His ways exist in his kingdom. He is the Father. It is his rule and reign. But because of that, because of that, we have freedom in his house. We have freedom from accusation. The accuser of the brethren has no place in his house. Rejection has no place in his house. There is just love, a purity of love. Listen to this. 1 John 3, 1 to 3. I've, I don't know how many times in the last 30 years or more that I've actually read this, and yet every time... You get something fresh. 1 John 3, 1 to 3. Listen to this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him, everyone who has this hope in God, purifies himself just as he, God, is pure. What an incredible scripture. What incredible. There's a lot of words, and so therefore it's easy just to read these words and just keep on going. What manner, what quality of love, what quality, what depth of love that God would call me a child, his child. That God would call me a child of God. I know who I am. And more importantly, I know who I was. I wasn't a child of God. He made me a, a child. It was the quality of his love. It was the depth of his love that made me a child of God. He has given me his love. You know, it is such a familiar saying as well, this child of God. Oh, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. It's, we, we can glib over it. It's so familiar. But this morning, I really encourage you, Selah. Pause. Think about it. You're a child of God. 
You know, I see some of you guys with your kids. We don't have kids, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> but I get jealous sometimes. I do. You know, it swings and roundabouts. It's not all blessing on either side of the fence. And I see you guys with your kids, and I just see your love for them. I say, well, come on, man. Fame with, with that little Debbie. She's got you around little pinky, man. You, she, come on. Looks at you one look, and you can just see, oh, he was about to give her his telling off, and it just, it just goes out the window. You know, Lee's way with your little ones. Oh, come on. To wonder, each and every one of you, even the grown-up kids, you take a bullet for them. Hmm? Jesus took a Roman cross for you. Jesus took a Roman cross for you. With the scourging, hmm? with the crown of thorns pressed into his head until the blood ran, the mocking, the spitting, he took a bullet for you. You're a child of God. It's because you're a child of God. He loves you. <laughs> you're his child. You know, it's unfathomable. Oh, just think about that for a moment. When you come to Jesus, you know, he said, do you remember that time in the, in the, in the, in the Gospels? These little kids were coming to him and, and the disciples tried to chase them away. And Jesus said, no, let the children come to me, you know. And then he said to them, whoever comes to me must come as one of these little child, children. Today, don't come to him just as a child, just full of sugar and running around, crazy. No, but come to him as his child. Come to God this morning as his child. He'll take a bullet for you. He'll protect you. He'll deliver you. I know the accuser of the brethren stands at the door and, 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 and brings accusation against us and wants to bring us down and discourage us. And You know what? Come to Father, your Father. He is a good, good father. He's beyond any comprehension. He loves you. He absolutely loves you. I think if we can get one thing today, God loves you. You're his child. You're his child. You're his child. Come on. The apple of his eye. And he says, he carries on, carries on and he says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Selah, pause. You will be like God. You're not going to be God. You're not even going to be a little God. He's, whoops, he is God. We are creation. But you will be like God. Incredible. Do you know what a transformation that is? I, like I said, I know me. That is a supersonic, some kind of transformation beyond. I'm going to wake up one day in glory and I am going to be like God. You are going to be like God. Purity, righteousness, moral character and integrity. Come on. You've got to be like God. He says everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Church, we need to be meditating on these things. Don't be meditating on the things, the accusations and the, the failures. And the, yeah, but there's grace for them. Yeah, there's consequences, but there's grace for them. But let's get back to the Father. Come on, as his children. Just as his children, you know, we get so sophisticated Particularly when, when you, you take your place in the house and you rise up as a son and a daughter and you take your place in the house 
And we've got to make sure that there's processes in place, that we set the culture in the house. And, and you get so sophisticated, it's easy to forget. But hold on. Yeah, I'm a son of God and I'm maturing. But I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. His love, the, the, the manner of his love, the riches and the depth of his love is unfathomable. Is unfathomable. I'll highly encourage a meditation on, on, on uh, the book of Ephesians. It talks about the riches, the length and the depth and the heart of the love of God that surpasses all understanding because it's beyond all we can understand. Romans 8, 15 to 18, because you cannot have a message without Romans 8 or else it's just not God, all right? So Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 18 says, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We've, we've received a spirit. When we receive Jesus, we receive that spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And listen to this, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus. Just because you're a son of God, just because God has adopted you, now, not only are you just adopted by him, but you become an inheritor, a, co, a co-inheritor. You're in the will along with Jesus, a co-inheritor with Jesus. He did all the work. You did nothing. You just said, yes, I receive your grace. You are a co-inheritance with Jesus. If indeed we suffer with him. Now, he's not talking about the sufferings of the cross. He's talking about, the, the, by, by and large, those sufferings are crucifying the old nature and walking in God's will and not our own. But that we may also be glorified together. There's glory waiting for you. Listen to the next verse. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and I'm not diminishing the sufferings of this time. There are people going through sufferings that we don't even want to imagine at this time. There's horrendous things that happen on this earth. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, it's insulting to even compare the two. For as deep and as dark as the sufferings in this life can get to, it's an insult to compare them to the glory that's going to be revealed in you. You will be like God. You will be like God <laughs> for all eternity. No more flesh, no more temptation to sin, no more tiredness or weakness. You will be like God. So we have this hope for the future. Hebrews calls this hope an anchor of us, an anchor for our soul. You know, an anchor is a thing you use in a boat, right? Because it's upon water, and water is the most unstable substance that there is. It's always fluid, it's moving all the time. And yet we have this hope in the midst of this life. So we have hope in this life. But then we jump forward 700 years from Isaiah's prophecy. And we see this prophecy fulfilled. And again, I point you back to Femi's message from last week. Where the, he shared with us about how the angels then appeared to the, to the shepherds out as they were tending the sheep in the countryside. And, they, and this whole heavenly host appeared there. And they, they sang. They sang praises to God. We're not the first ones to sing praises to God. The angels and the heavenly host are singing praises to God from all eternity to eternity. And they sang, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And at the very same time, this young virgin called Mary is delivering her child, Jesus, while the angels are saying, peace on earth. And Mary has the, the greatest opportunity. There's one person at the very center 
of this incredible miracle, though only one human being in this miracle has the greatest opportunity for anything but peace. Everything she's going through is, 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 is contradicting what God is saying. He's saying peace to you and goodwill, and yet people won't even give up their room for this, for this, young, this young girl about to give birth at any moment. They won't even give up her room for her. She has to go and sleep in the animal's barn. She should have been nurtured and taken care of and people around her, but she's on her own, her and Joseph, and she has to give birth in a manger. Anything but peace. Anything but natural peace. Our future is one of peace. And the price that Jesus paid guarantees 100% that we will have that. Just stay with them. Just don't turn away. Things might not be going the way you wanted them to in life, but as long as you're walking with him, you're on the right path, doesn't matter. Even a baby apple is still an apple. Stay with it, it'll grow and be a nice big fruitful apple one day. But don't go to a different tree. Stay with, stay with the program. Just stay with them. And you have a guaranteed future for all eternity. Peace with God. <laughs> peace with God for all eternity. But we also need peace in this life. And the peace and the victory that we're going to have in this life is going to depend on our cooperation with God. The level of peace that we enjoy in this life is going to depend upon our cooperation with Him. In Isaiah 9 verse 7, the second part of that verse, it says, of the increase of His government and of peace there will be no end. His government, of the increase of His government, in other words, of His rule and reign. Governments reign, they rule, they reign. Of the increase of His rule and reign and His peace, and His peace, they should be ever increasing in our lives. Ever increasing in our lives. The Old Testament, I forgot to start. Shall I hit start now? Old Testament Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom. The New Testament Greek word, Greek word is arenai. Arene. It appears 88 times in the New Testament. 88, you know, repetition denotes significance, right? It's in every book of the New Testament, apart from 1 John, strangely enough, the chapter of love. But it's in every book of the New Testament. And it means, it means the following. Impress you now. Harmony. Huh? This peace means harmony that comes from right relationships which is why we have to start with God. All relational, we, 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 you know, it's, it's like the sign of the cross, you know, first of all you have the, the vertical and then you have the horizontal. That's vertical, eh? Yeah, yeah. You get this right first. We get the relationships right with God first and then the horizontal come right. But we get that first. It's freedom from agitation, from worry, from fear. It's about having the presence of God in the midst of turmoil, not to escape the turmoil, but to be free from the worry of it. To be free from the worry of it. And it's about having rest. An inward stability when everything around us is falling apart. Calm in the midst of the storm. And we could look in depth at each and every one of these and get a lot out of it. But ultimately, the peace that I need, the harmony that I need in my relationships, the freedom from anxiety that I need, the rest from striving, the rest from self-preservation, that I need. This kind of peace is only conceived in me through my personal fellowship with the Prince of Peace. It's not, it's, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, and yet I can live my entire life without experiencing any of that peace. It's all up to me. It's up to me to spend time fellowshipping with Him 
to take his word and to meditate on it, to think about it. Think about the fact that I'm a child of God. Just, just think about it, like we were talking about this morning. Meditate on it and think what that actually means. You know, as I renew my mind, then the peace starts to come. And Jesus says, you know, to whom who has, more will be given. Because we start behaving that way then, you know. What you behold, you become. And we start looking at Jesus, and we start behaving more like Jesus. And because we're behaving more like Jesus, it means that it's not behavior modification, but it means I'm walking in his ways. So my peace in this life has a lot to do with me. Almost everything to do with me. And my personal relationship, my personal fellowship, my time spent with him. So our eternal future of peace is in the Father's house. But Jesus said, and Sandy, you jumped, me, jumped the gun this morning on me. John 17, 3 says, but this is eternal life, that we may know him. Whether we may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. Eternal life is not something we're waiting for in the sweet by and by. Once we are born again, we are in eternal life. We have eternal life. It is a relationship with the Father. We can know him now. You don't have to wait. You know, Sandy and I have the same. We've moved a few times. And, and I remember the last time we were down here, and I think we were staying in a B&B before we'd bought a place. And we said, well, where, should we move down here? Shouldn't we move down here? And we said, well, we're together. We're home. doesn't matter. You know, you're home with the Father. <laughs> you, you have, you're, you're forever home. It's settled. Your forever home is heaven. You're a pilgrim. You're passing through this life. Heaven is your home. The Father has got you. Like David said in Psalm 27, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in the sweet by and by. No, all the days of my life. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Jesus said it's the Father's house. You're welcome. I've made a place for you in the Father's house. David, a thousand years before Jesus said, he really had this revelation that I can live in the Father's house and I desire that. I will pursue that. I will seek that. I've asked the Father, but nevertheless, I will seek that. It's up to me. Am I going to pursue God and his righteousness and his peace? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of him in his temple. Ah, oh, it's beautiful, man. We can have that now. We can have that now in this life. We don't have to wait. And for me, I think, particularly where we are in our lives at the moment and in the life of this church, I think a really f sense of a call for us to return to our first love, to get back to the simplicity of devotion to Christ alone. Where, that, that, that place where my, my vision, not my vision for the future, but my focus is restored, where I see things clearly again. I see the things that matter again, you know? Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11.3. He said, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It is so easy to get caught up in the things of life. There's so much to distract us, to pull us away. But there's only one thing that matters. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of living, his right way of doing things. He said his ways are higher than our ways. As heavens are high above the earth, so much higher are his ways than our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts. He's not saying that they're so high and you're so useless, you'll never get up here. He's saying they're just so much better 
You can't compare. Just like the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in you. Our ways are so below his ways. Our, our ways of self-preservation. You know, when I, when I get my heart right, when I set my affection on him alone, the battles that I'm fighting, the battles that I had to win because I was right, the battles for my self-preservation, they change. I, I, my, my desire now is only to fight like a Christian. Do you know what I mean? Like fight like a Christian. In, in, in other words, I, I don't mean, you know, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> don't put an altar boy gown and then put in a boxing gloves. But fight like a Christian, you know. Seek Jesus in the circumstance. Bring, bring God into it. You know, desire to bring light, bring king, the kingdom of God there. Now I, I speak Jesus over circumstances. I speak Jesus to that relationship. But it's not like some Harry Potter witchcraft that I'm now going to somehow, by my whim, invoke God's power and authority to get my way because I deserve it because I'm something special. No, it's to bring Jesus on the scene. I speak Jesus over that relationship. Let the kingdom of God come in this relationship. Let light come. Let the work of darkness be undone in this relationship in Jesus' name. Let God be glorified. Let, let, let hope come. Let life come. Let life return. Let the darkness be dispelled. I declare that I desire his will by his way, not my way. And now I have great peace as a byproduct of living this kind of life. I'm no, I'm no, uh, no longer living for myself, but I'm living for that higher cause. You know, Jesus, when he was before Pilate, he could have defended himself, but the Bible said he opened not his mouth until Pilate said to him, so are you a king then? And Jesus said, for this cause I was born, hmm? to be the king, to, to be crucified and die so that you all wouldn't have to. For this cause. We live for a higher cause, church. We live for a higher cause, so much more valuable than our own. So we can have great peace as we live our lives, delighting ourselves in God, as we get our affection, return to our first love and set our affection on Him. Psalm 37, 23 and 24. I like this from the ESV, and I'd encourage you to read it from the ESV. I think even the New Living is a good translation for this. It says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. The steps of a man are established and ordered. Another translation is ordered of the Lord. The steps of a man are established of the Lord when we delight in God's way. Delight yourself in the Lord, he said in verse 4, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But when we delight ourselves in God's ways, our, our steps are going to be established because we're walking in God's ways. There's no path, there's no obstacle that's going to cause us to stumble. We're walking in the light as he is in the light. Our steps are established when we walk in God's ways. Delight yourself in him. Return to your first love. So I'm going to come into close now. I'll just ask Femi to get on the keyboard. And... But Christmas is a time of celebration. Why? Because Jesus the Christ, God, Emmanuel, God with us, has come to us. He's come for us. Jesus has come for us. God, Emmanuel, has come for us. And he's revealed the heart of God to us. Love and peace. Love and peace. 
and he calls us to learn of him and to follow him. Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Another way of saying that, you will find peace for your souls. You know, we were reading in Isaiah that Jesus is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and yet he still tells us he is gentle and lowly in heart. His ways are peace. His ways are peace. But they are his ways. The government is upon his shoulders. The authority and the rule is upon him. It's his rules. We abide in the Father's house by the Father's rules. Nothing else will do, and he won't accept anything else. So this Christmas, I just want to encourage each and every one of us to, to return to the simplicity of devotion to Jesus. Return to your first love. Return to that simplicity. And receive Jesus this Christmas, not just as your Savior, but as your Lord, as your Lord, the one who rules and reigns in your heart. He loves you. He loves you as his own child. So, so don't start living now by a new set of rules. Don't create a new religion for yourself with a new set of rules of things that you have to follow and things you have to do. Simply return your heart to the Father. Delight yourself in Him. Return to the simplicity of devotion. Psalm 84 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. God will not withhold any good thing from you. He wants you to give him everything. I mean everything, a whole lot. But in return, he says, no good thing will I withhold from you. Nothing. I will not withhold any good thing from you. John said, every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father. Today, I encourage you to surrender to surrender you know Sandy touched on earlier she said the law required that we do things but grace enables us grace enables us to do these things so let's pray today Father teach me how to love you Father teach me how to love you today teach me what it means God to know you reveal your heart to me Father Lord I long to know you I long to know the truth of who you are. I long to know the truth of what you think about me, personally me. Reveal your heart to me, God. Teach me. Teach me your ways. Lord Jesus, you said, come and learn of me. So Lord, today we say, Lord, teach me. Here I am, Lord. Teach me. I surrender all to you today, Lord.
give you my heart. I give you my life and all that it entails. Lord, the good, the bad, the ugly. Lord, come afresh. God, I pray, breathe afresh upon your church today, Lord. Spirit of God, wash over us today, Lord. Story. 
the storm all the day long. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, Lord. For those whose hearts are on the highways to Zion, as they go through the valley of Baca, that place of tears, Lord, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. But Lord, they go from strength to strength, and each one appears before you in Zion. Lord, I thank you today, that Father, that as we as we we, we return our attention to you as we set our affection back on you. Our desire to know you, God. I thank you that you meet with us, Lord. And that you do a deep work in us, Father God. I thank you for a deep cleansing this Christmas season, Father God. A deep cleansing, Lord God. That you restore and revive each and every one of us, Father. And bring us back to that place that you desire for us to be, Lord. This morning, if anybody doesn't yet know Jesus as their own personal Lord and Savior, I just want to make an opportunity for you if you want to just close your eyes and bow your head. Promises of God are, are guaranteed. They are true and faithful. All you've got to do is reach out and receive them. Like a child. Become like a child. And you can be his child. So this morning, I just want to encourage if anyone want to turn your life around, you want to give it over to Jesus, you believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, who was born and died for your sin, then I encourage you this morning, give your heart to him, give your life to him today. Pray, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Christ. Son of the living God, who was born of a virgin and died upon that cross for my sin. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. So, Father, we just thank you for this time and your presence today. We thank you for your word, Father God, which has built us and encouraged us. And, our Father, I thank you this is just the start of a journey. It's just a start of a journey for each and every one of us as you bring us back into the center of your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.